The sun was high when Liza felt something move lightly against her shoulder. She jumped, and Giles' pistol clattered to the stone floor of her hiding place. Do not fear. The male voice was low and soft. She gasped and turned toward the sound. All she could feel was the warmth of the stranger's presence and the pressure of his fingers against her shoulder. Then, as he leaned closer, his breath warmed the chilled air around her. Do not be afraid, came the deep voice again. Struggling to move forward, Liza whispered, Please, my father, Giles, we were attacked. They were shot. Dead. Shh. Hard fingers had wrapped themselves around her wrist and were guiding her out of the rock cavity. Her legs were stiff and numb, her mind hazy. She stumbled forward. Immediately, the man's arms went around her. His body comforted hers in an embrace that absorbed the fear. For an instant, she was tempted to stay there huddled against his muscled chest. Perhaps last night had only been a nightmare. At last, flushed and panting, Liza pulled back, her eyes widening. The woodsy smell of the stranger had awakened her dulled senses, and she saw that the man was dressed in a leather-fringed tunic, trimmed in long, flat black beads. Near-black hair flowed past broad shoulders. Intelligent eyes flashed as they moved over her carefully. Liza swallowed. Dear God, the stranger was an Indian. Fear swept her forward, and she jerked free of his warm grasp to scramble over the rocky ledge. Jumping the last distance to the ground, she collapsed as she hit the hard earth. Too late, she thought of Giles's pistol. Stop! Terror caught in her throat as the Indian rapidly overtook her. You're one of them! She cried as he grabbed her wrist and spun her around. Making a fist, she tried to swing, but he pulled her roughly to him. She snarled all the while, her heart pounding. Stop! He ordered again, his voice almost inaudible. I am not one of them. They stole my horses many days ago. I've been tracking them. That is how I tracked you. Ignoring his words, Liza kicked him squarely in the shin. He lost his balance, but instead of releasing her, he held on. Together, they fell to the ground. He grunted as he landed on his back and she fell across him, her face buried in the breadth of his chest. She pulled back and stared down at him. He pushed her over and rolled on top of her, the heady smell of leather and sweat, and the weight of his body, enraged her all the more. She twisted in his grasp. I will not hurt you, he said. Listen. Liza closed her eyes and shook her head. She heard him inhale as he slid off her, but he continued to hold her by one wrist. She hesitated. Only the sounds of their breathing could be heard. Biting her lip, she tried hard to remain calm. Open your eyes. The words were so soft, Liza barely heard them. Frowning, she raised her eyes to his. His face was inches from hers, his eyes as deep as a Montana twilight. Good. He took a quick breath, 
I will not harm you. She searched his face. Who are you? How did you find me? She couldn't let him see the fear that burned in the pit of her stomach. I am Mekatsapitan, Red Eagle. I am not an outlaw. I am traveling to my mother's people. I saw your tracks, the tracks of a woman's small, bare feet. He seemed to be waiting for a response. I lost four good horses and supplies to the thieves, he said at last. Red Eagle's grip was firm, his touch burning her flesh. She pinned her gaze to his tunic as an inner voice warned her that no red man could be trusted, even one that spoke English as well as this one. A half-breed, no doubt, but still an Indian.